0: Welcome to Entrepreneurial Reality with Bash. Every week, we'll be speaking to startup and scale up founders to learn about them, their ambitions for the business, goals, and objectives. Every conversation is a moment in time, documenting entrepreneurs' current situation with a view to coming back next year to see how they are getting on. Each journey will be different, each innovation could be game changing. I hope you enjoy. Series one, episode nine, uh, Entrepreneurial Reality with Bash. Uh, I have a great guest with me here today. Ellie, if you could be so kind as to introduce yourself uh, and give a bit of background of how you got here today.
1: Okay. So, my background is an occupational psychologist. So, I studied psychology at uh, Swansea Mm -hmm. University and then a master's in occupational psychology. Before that, I was educated at a a state, um, but female only state school in, in Wokingham. So I graduated, went traveling for a bit and knew that I really wanted to focus my career on occupational psychology. I was probably a bit weird in that when I was 21, I knew that I wanted to have a career that enabled me to have A young family hopefully in my 30s but where I could still I could still go and do a job that paid well and that I could work for myself and business psychology seemed like a a great option and that's weirdly exactly what happened so I had I had a family and um, and I set up my own consulting business after my first child and before that I was working in a, a global sort of HR management consultancy. that's how my first sort of days of what you would, you know, might call entrepreneurialism started.
0: Mm -hmm. That's really interesting because it's it's one of the challenges many women face when it comes to making decisions around career and family and time out of the business, out of uh, the corporate world, and then coming back, and some never do. That that is a major challenge, and, and it seems like you worked through that challenge very, very well.
1: Definitely. And th- and there's probably a theme that that might come out <laughs> through this and that when I, I was sat there having having dinner with some of my mum and dad's friends when I just graduated and actually said that what I wanted to achieve in ten years time was to be able to, to have that balance. And one of the the males that was sat around the table said, You're naive if you think that's gonna happen. And it really shocked me, but it also just made me think. Well, I'm quite stubborn, so I think I'll probably show you. <laughs> um, Good. And so, uh, yeah, and 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 that's what happened. So,
0: working with your partner, did they help? How did how did you cooperate in raising the family and also enabling you to do your work as well?
1: Yeah, well, my my husband has. I mean, this is also where it gets quite complicated, and and another sort of rich piece of tapestry in the in the story I suppose so my husband has quite a, a senior role in an organization so he was definitely sort of that still the the breadwinner but we also have a, a blended family so um, I look after five children as well so this, this also brings its own sort of complexities and and a lot of juggling you know my my husband is is amazingly supportive of of everything that I have done and everything that I do. And, and on principle, he feels like it's important for me to, you know, have my own career and own sense of sort of identity around that as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so that's, that's great to hear. And five children. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So with five children, how much time did you have to come across the idea mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Uh, a product, uh, an application such as FledgLink?
1: I I think I would say I would never stop thinking <laughs> so I'm I'm always looking at problems not in like a cynical way like black cat way but just like inefficiencies or or things that really annoy me and I'm always thinking about you know how how can it be better surely it must be better and I think that just goes on constantly in like almost unconsciously in the in the back of my mind you know that that wears away but yeah, and I, I probably am trying to sort of make light of what is uh, is an extremely sort of complex situation that that we're in, and it requires a lot of juggling and a lot mm, of teamwork. No, that's good. So um, moving on, into the technology and Fledgling
0: itself, looking at the idea, how did you come about it in the first place?
1: Yeah, so um, I would say it's probably a, a big pivot from – Another business that I set up called DemoU. So, so after um, I set up my consulting business that I was running for, you know, six years or so, I, I set up another one called DemoU, which which aims to provide really supportive and immersive assessment center experiences for mm-hmm. students from socially disadvantaged and minority backgrounds. And again, that's sort of playing on my strengths of of an occupational psychologist and spending most of my career around sort of assessment and talent um you know design and and delivery the impact of these one day events were amazing on them for example a 45% reduction in anxiety about leaving education and starting work and you know feeling prepared to um to start work and I and I thought you know amazing results I thought well you know this is great for 12 to 15 people at a time you know so how how can I create something that achieves that same mission but that's scalable and accessible for a digital generation Mm -hmm. at the same time I was having this hunch about LinkedIn and whether it really meets the needs of young people when when they're starting out in work and I researched and I surveyed young people and And what I found is that like 50% of 16 to 24-year-olds have a LinkedIn profile, but most of them only did because they felt like they should or their parents told them to or they were sat down in a lecture and sort of made to do one, but they don't use it. You know, they find it overwhelming. They don't really know what to say about themselves on there and don't know how to use it to find relevant jobs. When I surveyed them, like 97% of them said they would welcome a a more professional social network of support that better their needs. The problem is less so about the professional social network. So it, it's more what else is going in the, on in the market for, for this generation when it comes to thinking about careers. We've talked about the problem of being the most socially networked generation and but yet not having an appropriate professional network to engage in throughout my research I identified a number of other sort of interwoven problems that fledgling is actively trying to address so they fall into sort of individual societal and organizational from an individual perspective young people just don't get the support that they need to help them make informed decisions about their careers they feel really confused and overwhelmed about sort of leaving education and starting their career and there's a really big hurdle around self-confidence and self-belief for a lot of people. And I spoke to one girl at a Russell Group University and I asked her what she felt might hold her back from getting a job when she leaves. And she told me being poor, black and female, and, and it really, it really stuck with me and, and linked to that then. So, you know, access to opportunities are just not equal in our society so, those from more more disadvantaged backgrounds often don't have the real the real social networks of support to help them find opportunities and work experience and internship and graduate roles are are more mostly filled by the more privileged you know and and just the other day, research was published from the Institute of student Employers saying that you know, Britain's leading graduate schemes are still being dominated by privately educated young people and the final link in the chain is is that improving diversity is ranked the top challenge for organisations who recruit for early career talent, but they struggle to know how and where to attract the diverse talent and are often looking in the same places as they've always done and wondering why they can't find them. And, and FledgLink is that dedicated platform through which to engage, attract and recruit from and takes a big step forward in helping to solve all of those problems.
0: Uh, I can remember when I was a child at school, I went through a, a careers advice questionnaire that was five or six questions. And the output was office manager. I never thought at that time. Oh, that
1: I'd not be...
0: an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> no, not an accountant. <laughs> not
1: a <I> lawyer just... <laughs> or an actor. No,
0: it's, it's quite—it's quite a broad statement, isn't it? As an office yeah. manager, it could be anything. Uh, so it wasn't very helpful to me in terms of providing advice, recommendation on who I was as an individual and what my interests were. So
1: yeah, yeah. and I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, but—and I don't—but I'm not sure things moved on that much. I'm
0: With not surprised. School. I'm not surprised to be honest. And there are a number of areas of education that need to be reformed. And that's my own personal opinion. And, uh, they need to be more aligned with the technologies and ways of working moving forwards. And, uh, there are certain economic challenges that need to be addressed as the aging population lives longer. So there's a bigger, broader, uh, need to change uh, to support uh, those those infrastructure and economic challenges moving forwards uh, it, it's, it's it's very clear to see once you scratch above the surface and I think there are yeah. individuals very powerful individuals very influential people who can uh, are starting to affect change and this technology that you're creating and then taking to market is is part of that so I'm very very excited Looking at the application itself then, a more social way of promoting you as an individual, exposing your talents to prospective employers, how do they get sourced by employers?
1: They create a profile, we collect various information about them, including things that really matter at the start of someone's career, as far as organisations are concerned, which is around sort of their, their behaviours, their attributes, use their their personality Mm -hmm. etc and we can use that to help match them to clients and therefore you know they they can find jobs within the app but then we can also use that to help organizations you know match and make contact with with the network as well.
0: Uh, What sort of challenges did you face in building the application in the first place?
1: The biggest challenge for me personally was that I didn't have that that sort of technical network work because I come from a background of occupational psychology and HR so so the strength of my network is in the the future clients um, rather than technology so so I I feel like I was maybe scrambling around a bit to to even think about how do I even find someone or find a development team and then how do I even know they're going to be good enough but I was really fortunate because actually one of my ex-clients from my consulting days had set up a development uh consultancy himself and little did I know that he was he was sort of tracking what I was doing through LinkedIn and and actually a- approached me to say oh you know it sounds really interesting and, and can we have a chat so that's how I ended up um Getting that that build done.
0: What sort of funding did you source uh, to to build the market viable product?
1: You know, Christmas time, I had to make a decision. You know, do I do I sort of quit what I'm doing now um, and not not take a salary anymore and really sort of focus on on FledgeLink, or do I do I just see it as a a really nice idea that I've I'd probably kick myself for never doing anything about? So I decided to. go for it and and I got some startup loan initially to to kick off that that build but obviously knew very early on that it wasn't going to be you know enough to um to see me through to a really a really good MVP that that I'd be happy to launch um so then I raised further in the initial round of SEIS funding in July.
0: Great and now it's all about the acquisition of users you said the timing is right to get the application out for the new starters and the people coming back to university so when you've got the engagement with your uh, prospective employers and employees working in unison on on your platform fledgling how how will the data be used what sort of monetization opportunities are there that you could share with me today
1: yeah there's a revenue model which is around um, advertising so there's various places with within the app and off the app that we can increase um, brand awareness and improve you know engagement and attraction for organizations not only organizations who are interested in employing young people but also educational institutions who are interested in attracting marketing um, young people to uh, their universities as well for example and then the other obvious revenue stream is the the sort of dog posting and searching of the network.
0: You talked about the tech challenges you faced are there any other challenges that you faced in the past 12 months that you can share with us outside of uh, the building of the of your technology fledgling?
1: Yeah, so I mentioned you know, on, on paper this should this never have, have got to where it's got to. And what I would say is five things were were against me. Um, one is the building a tech-enabled company as a non-techie, which we talked about. One is being a, a sole founder and, and it being very hard to raise money, plus the fact that you're delivering sort of 100% of the work or everything other than the development. Mm-hmm. Um, another is being a female yeah and and it is widely documented that you know only 1.9 percent of, of VC funding went to female founded businesses last year up until I read that I was really hoping that that it was just talk and, and and not really the case and that you you make your own success but but that really struck me and it and it was hard for me to raise number where are we for <laughs> is um trying to raise money you know on a concept and a and a prototype without a launch product was also extremely difficult and and number 5 you know looking after five children so yes. i faced um you know i faced a number of challenges but again if if someone says to me that something isn't possible that's sort of like fuel in the fire for me
0: i love to hear that because that is exactly how i work uh, in terms of stubbornness in terms of fuel to fire prove people wrong you overcome these sort of hurdles and you very clearly have stated many hurdles that as a man I'm very fortunate that I did not come across and haven't had just yet so unbelievable and keep going I must say so it is changing I think the the percentage is is quite scary uh, of VC funding there are VC funds there are uh, seed funds that are focused on female-centric businesses in in terms of building your team have you had any thoughts around well as you scale as you grow you're going to need help are you looking to outsource some of that activity are you looking to bring uh, people into the business that you know first of all or how how are you going to go about building that team
1: so i'm fortunate now that i've i've had the first round of investment which means i can get a, a team around me which is great i think and maybe it's the the 14 years that i've spent Um, interviewing people um, doing sort of three hour in-depth interviewing and psychometrics and everything maybe some of that has actually percolated uh, (laughs) through my brain and I think I'm good at spotting the the potential in in people you know and this is partly why I'm doing this is is I think I think you can learn anything as long as you come with with certain qualities or certain attributes or values that you have. I look for those things first, and that passion first. Anything else we can learn and we can work through.
0: List, say, the top three that you would expect of an individual that could learn anything.
1: Well, if you download the app and look at our Fledgling ambassador, the <laughs> whole description, you'll see. You have to believe in Fledgling mission. You have to believe it is going to change the world. That needs to come through everything you do and and everything you talk about. Mm -hmm. You just need to have that initiative to get, you know, muck in. Leave your ego at the door. Be open to change and open to creativity. And I feel those things are are so important to you know a great foundation, I suppose, to be able to start building um, a, a team. And the two people that I have hired and that are around me right now have all of that in in spades
0: fantastic
1: but when i talk about you know when you ask me about what does the the team look like and how do we build it again hopefully i can draw on my expertise of organizational design um within you know within hr and am thinking about the from a from a very operational perspective what does the structure look like what uh, do the roles look like how do we design those roles most effectively I've helped organizations do that um in large corporate so fingers crossed I can do it for my own but I think I think that's definitely an area that I would want support in from you know an advisor or an investor to to really help me think about what does that look like at scale and if we have to you know if we grow very quickly.
0: Mm, That's that's interesting because it flows on to my next question which is about uh, any book you're reading or you could recommend to the listeners uh, in, in the interest of continual learning and improvement?
1: Yeah, it's a funny one because, I mean, I'm not great at reading books, like partly because I'm quite a slow reader, partly because I have, again, five children yes. to look after. So <laughs> when I'm not working, you know, I have, I have very little downtime. So I'm a bit behind on the times, but, um, you know, I've just read uh, Growth, Hacker, Marketing by Ryan Holiday, which is amazing because I'm constantly thinking about what creative ways we can engage, you know, this population. So 16 to 24 with, with not much money. And this book's really helped me this week. because so I, I was at a freshers event at one of the universities here in the UK. And I, I felt like it was three full days of test, learn, uh, quickly adapt, and then do it all over again from day one to, to three. You know, by doing that continual learning, and testing—is it working? Is it not? We significantly increased our our download rates.
0: Amazing! And uh, have you considered any partnerships uh, that already garner the attention of uh, the demographic you're referring to?
1: Constantly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm constantly thinking about you know where ways in which we can ride off the back of of organisations who have already got that captive audience but also you know again just thinking very creatively around you know setting that problem in my mind almost and looking at every single thing and thinking could that help us with this market you know what what are they wearing what are they doing what are they watching how Mm -hmm. are they interacting with each other what have they got in their wallets what you know all of that what transports do they use everything to think, how can we strike up a partnership with, with different organisations?
0: Every entrepreneur follows or looks up to, wh- whether that be a family member whether that be an entrepreneur or, or sort of business celebrity that's been there, done it, made their their fortune. Uh, is there anyone in particular that you're following at the moment?
1: When I think about all of the classic people that someone might say at this point, I, you know, I look at I look at them and they've done amazing things, but I don't look at them and think I want to be like you. I have recently met two other female founders that I've been inspired by. So they're still really early stage. Still a lot to a lot to prove. One is Emily Forbes of Seen It, and one is Megan Neal of Limitless. So Emily, Emily, because she's similar to me in that she's a female sole founder, having successfully built you know, a tech platform business with. 30 staff as a as a non-techie um so she gives me hope that it's it's possible (laughs) and megan because you know she showed me that it's possible to build a you know multi-million pound business from scratch whilst running a full household as well and um, and at the moment they stand out as my inspirations
0: fantastic thank you no that's great and it's good to hear that you have the self-confidence to say you don't want to be like anybody else, but do draw inspiration from peers. Uh, so that, that's amazing.
1: Hopefully, well, hopefully self-confidence rather than arrogance.
0: Well, it, it it's a fine line, of course, but it, it highlights that you are very focused on what you're doing and how you want to drive and build your business uh it,
1: maybe it's not about self-confidence it's that when i look at those people most of them are white males
0: yes uh we need more female entrepreneurs that are role models and, and they need to express their interest in being mentors as well people like yourself uh, definitely there, more needs to happen so more female entrepreneurs more um yeah I, i'm banging the drum here I don't think. <laughs> thanks <laughs> <laughs> We've covered off quite a bit of ground, actually. Thank you very much. And in, in terms of time, you've got a lot on your plate. There's no real downtime. Uh, but from your self-development, sort of physical exercise, is there any any sport, any any exercise that you partake in or, or, or do? Do you have time?
1: Yeah, the first thing I do in the morning is I try and just we, – we've got a cross trainer at home. I try and just do that in the morning without even thinking about it, as if I – give it a moment's thought I won't do it because it's really boring but I know that actually if I do that first thing it really sort of sets me up for the day I think that's that's quite important my husband's constantly badgering me about (laughs) about you know making sure I find time to for me and for you know, for exercise and, and things as well. Hmm. Not because he's worried I'm going to get fat. He's worried like about, you know, me that it's really important to to have that sort of that healthy perspective, you know, help, helpful sort of mentally. I mean, I love playing golf, which again is a bit unusual. Um, I don't get much, too much time to, to play obviously at the moment with the young family and everything else going on but you know my passion really is around music and and traveling and that's that's what that's what's driving me quite a lot as well with you know through this one I think sort of longer term what our collective goals are it's to have visited 100 countries before we park it
0: (laughs) what a what a bucket list I' that's brilliant that's we're on brilliant.
1: about fifty six so we're not doing too badly wow,
0: wow, and so uh, we mentioned passion around music and travelling mm. what what particular music do you listen to to pick yourself up, keep you motivated uh whilst you're working or um taking yeah, a kiss? Well,
1: it's more it's more actually about playing, so you know really enjoy playing the piano and and the guitar and and singing as well, and things and um that's quite. You know, it's, it's just a nice sort of escapism to
0: when I have time. Oh, brilliant. There's a particular question I'm going to ask you and every entrepreneur that hopefully the, the answer will be different every time, so every year. Yeah. And, and so uh, what would you do differently knowing what you know now?
1: Um, okay, so one answer is that I wouldn't do anything differently because sort of every decision, every wrong decision, every conversation – you know, has led me to this point, And it's a pretty amazing point to have got to by myself and, mm. you know, with an ad hoc amazing branding guy and a team of devs, you know, and I'm still working on it, but if I did the last 12 months again, what it would come down to is the point of sort of asking for help. And I haven't done it because I don't think anyone can do something better than me, because that's that's definitely not the case. For me, it's about letting people in, you know, and being crystal clear about what you want them to do.
0: So if if you were to come across an individual who got a little confused by what fledgling do and LinkedIn do, what would you say is particularly most different about your technology?
1: I would I would say it's that that dedicated social professional network of of support at the very start of your career
0: thank you i think we've covered off all the questions i had for you today thank you so much that's um,
1: because i've got to go and get my kids from school
0: (laughs) (laughs) so uh, one more thing then for the listeners who are interested in downloading fledgling uh where would they go where could they find you uh what's the website address if you have one
1: um from all good app stores (laughs) so um google uh, play store and the App- apple store if you search fledgling uh, without an e in the middle so f-l-e-d-g-l-i-n-k fledgling or you can download it through link at fledgling.com
0: fantastic ellie it's been a pleasure speaking to you thank you thank so you. much for your time and i look forward to uh, meeting you again in 12 months time to see how you how you've progressed
1: brilliant i'm excited so am on. i
0: Bring it on, exactly. Take care. Bye. Bye. So what do you think? We'll have another interesting story to dive into next week. Looking forward to it already. Some questions to you in the meantime. What is your story? What is your reality right now? And what are you working towards? Let me know. So you can connect with me on Twitter. Just type in Bash in the search and you'll find me. So Bash, B-A-S-H. Easy. On Instagram it's bash reality. So that's bash underscore reality. And on LinkedIn, Benjamin Ashmore. Make sure you subscribe and until next week, cheers.